What is up, Grain family, and welcome to yet another installment of the Against the Grain podcast. I am your host, the bad boy sweetheart, Mr. Arnold Francis. Now, today's episode on consent is inspired by the time that I've spent back here in Nairobi, Kenya. I've spent some time home, and in my time home, I've noticed a stark difference in the way culture and upbringing influences our beliefs. Now, in seeing and hearing the dynamic of male and female interaction in this country, as well as hearing stories from various women, I felt motivated to break this episode down. So you know what, let's not waste any time, let's get straight into it. Now, when you hear the word lion, what first comes to mind? Give it a second and really think about it. Maybe your first thought is a sub-Saharan king of the jungle. But how many of you thought about sea lions? or mountain lions. The truth is, there are a myriad of types of animals that carry this identity, and although the king of the jungle may be the first animal to come to mind, that doesn't mean it was the same lion I was thinking about. I can also guarantee that few would even think to clarify what kind of lion I was referring to. The point behind me getting you to do this is to illustrate that without clarification and clear communication, Intention is easily blurred and assumptions can easily be made. This is the interesting thing about communication and language. We have a million ways of saying the same thing, each of which will be received differently. But through clear communication, we can start to find clarity and direction. (laughs) You see, I feel strange talking about consent, not because I'm afraid or unwilling. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I'm incredibly passionate about it, more so because it seems like such a rudimentary and basic concept, and I notice that few people really understand how to interpret it. And I mean, in 2021, the last thing you want to do, especially as a guy, is misinterpret consent. But truthfully, the idea of needing permission to do something seems like such a natural part of our societal obligational contract, which is why it's so hard for me to understand why so many people don't understand it. Let's think about it. The concept of consent is driven by the idea of seeking permission to do or say something from the authority in charge. Pretty simple to understand, right? If I need a day off work, I'd speak to my boss and submit a request for leave. If I were a child who wanted a cookie, I would ask my guardian if I'm allowed to have one. We are taught the basic human principles of interaction from a very young age, yet at some point, we lose sight of this. Is it due to a lack of trying? Is it other people's fault for not being clearer? Or are we actually conscious of what we're doing, but choose to ignore the righteous path? We are taught our pleases and thank yous. We are taught about order and the way to act in society. We are taught about fundamental principles of kindness, love and compassion, teamwork, honesty, unity, peace. We are taught that violence isn't acceptable and that we should strive to be respectful to all. So it honestly baffles me when I hear stories of men and women disobeying the fundamental rules that govern basic human decency. Would you walk into my restaurant or cafe, walk around the counter and start making your own coffee? Would you grab food out of my fridge and eat it without asking? No, you wouldn't because we have each been taught the essentials of human kindness. 
But which of y'all missed the memo? I mean, I don't get it. Why do these rules change when it comes to sexual consent? Now, in writing this, I understand that predatory sexual assault happens to both men and women. I go into this episode fully understanding this. However, because the vast majority of assaults are committed by men, I'm going to put a heavy emphasis of this episode on men. I also believe this is important because as a man, it's my responsibility to actively use my societal privileges to educate and inform other men. The reason I'm doing this is because as a man, I understand how blind us men can be to our own privilege. Now, without wanting to name any names or call anyone out, I once had a unique experience during one of my many trips that truly helped me understand in practice what many women experience on a regular basis. I was in a beautiful city located somewhere on this gorgeous green earth. I was with my best friend of 27 years and we were at a bar getting a drink together. After some time, a man and a woman came and found a seat on the other end of our table. After some time, our conversations interlinked and we found ourselves conversing as a group. As time passed, my friend got into a deep conversation with the woman while I conversed with the guy. Now, after some pleasant surface level conversation, he very directly asked me, so are you gay, straight, or still trying to figure it out? Naturally taken aback, I proceeded to answer, nah, I'm pretty straight. To which he responded, Oh, you don't sound too sure. It was clear at this point this man was hitting on me, which I politely responded, I appreciate your advances, but I identify as straight. He held his advances back momentarily, but after a few more drinks, he became far more aggressive. Now, without wanting to go into the intricacies of how his advances followed, let's just say I ended up getting tired of being polite and respectful and eventually gave him a very stern and clear understanding that I was not interested in any way. Now, although we later cleared the air and had an honest conversation about it, it was in this moment that I fully understood what women deal with. Here I was politely declining advances from someone who proceeded to take my no as an invitation to pursue harder. I remember the anxiety and frustration of having to entertain someone who I wasn't interested in purely for the purposes of remaining civil. I remember the brewing anger generated from each new question about my love life or my sexuality. And I remember eventually exploding in frustration after not being able to handle this conversation any longer. In a nutshell, I understood what being a woman in this brief moment really looked like. This in essence is probably why so many men misunderstand the concept of consent. You see, I'm doing this because I too once had a very distorted perspective of the plight of women until I really dedicated time to talking to them, a number of which are actual survivors of sexual assault. Doing this made me realize something. It made me realize that there is a terrifyingly large number of women who have endured some form of sexual assault in their lifetime. And as I've said in previous episodes before, conversations around social change where there is a clear majority in power and an oppressed minority that change can only happen when the oppressor is brought into the conversation. Just like with patriarchal systems, good-willed and good-intended men have to step to the plate and speak directly to other men about change. That is the exact same theory here. The truth is that consent sits at the epicenter of all great sexual experiences. 
Generations of social conditionings have put men at the height of the gender power struggle. And as a result, the inequality has meant that men haven't ever been encouraged to learn or to be educated on matters of consent. I mean, think about it. Just a few years ago, women were literally seen as the properties of their husbands. Men felt entitled to sex from their partners and women saw it as an obligation to their husbands. But times have changed. Women are significantly more empowered and far more free from the constraints of inequality. Things aren't perfect by any means, but we as a society have made great strides towards closing the gap of gender inequality. So now, to the meat of the matter. Why do people, particularly men, seem to misunderstand or struggle to understand a seemingly basic concept? To understand the answer to this question, we have to understand the power structures that led to this. As I said earlier, many men are blind to their social privilege. Because of this, we haven't ever been pressured to change our actions when it comes to the sexual safety of others. We forever have been at the top of the social ladder, and because of this, we haven't ever been required to change. In fact, this is probably the first time in human history that there has been uniform pressure placed on men to be held accountable for their actions, regardless of when these actions took place. I mean, look at Brett Kavanaugh, Jeffrey Epstein, and Harvey Weinstein, all powerful men who have been held to a standard by society. Personally, I love to see it, mostly because I believe as a society, we should be held accountable for what we choose to say or do. We are not a society of illiterate or uneducated people. Most of us are highly educated, or at the very least, have enough of an understanding of our roles in society and the basics of human decency to be held accountable for what we do and say. I recently read an article where a researcher in gender differences interviewed 1,200 male and female college students. The findings of this study were surprising, but in many ways, also not that surprising given what we know. The study found that one in four male students believe that most women have to be convinced to engage in sex and that the behavior of a tipsy or a drunk guy was somewhat excusable to that of a sober guy acting in the same manner. You see, the thing that shocks me about these results is that it clearly shows that young men are allowed to be let off the hook on behavior that is clearly troubling and in many instances illegal. This is the first reason I believe people, particularly men, struggle understanding consent because they've never been held accountable to their actions, mostly because they're willing to forgive their own behavior in a world that up until recently has excused men entirely. Men would rather prioritize their pleasure over the safety of the woman they're sleeping with. They interpret their partner's behavior, wishes, and wants through the lens of their own desires. If the desires of their partner doesn't align with theirs, they're quick to pass judgment for refusing their advances. Now, it's easy to listen to all of this and feel anger and dismay, but you also have to understand that we as a society have built this framework by which behavior such as this was once acceptable. We've built a society where misogyny and patriarchy have ruled over us for decades. One where, prior to today's societal beliefs, there was never a desire to push or hold men accountable. We have essentially been allowed to roam and grow freely in our masculinity. And in many ways, this has also affected our ability to grow in our own right as individuals. This is the reason I personally believe so many women are far more emotionally, mentally, and spiritually advanced than us men. 
You see, in a world where you are constantly fighting daily battles, both big and small, in a world that hasn't favored you up until recently, this will force you to grow and mature in many ways. See, what boys and men need is a re-education on the social obligations they have. Boys and men need to be educated, not just on the critical importance of consensual, ethical, and mutually agreeable sexuality, but also on how their social privilege and entitlement can often blind them to the struggles of women and girls. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say, although in many of these instances, I don't blame a lot of these boys, primarily because they were never taught from a young age what respectable and righteous manhood looks like. They were never initiated into their manhood, you know, led through a ceremonious process, whether it's spending time with your father or being around your uncles or being around righteous men and witnessing practically what this looks like. Despite this, I'm actually inclined to believe that in most cases of non-consensual physical contact, the perpetrator knows full well what they're doing. I refuse to believe that there are moments where one loses total control and awareness of their concept of consent, be it sober or drunk, yet they're able to physically engage in the act of sex. I refuse to believe that this is just muscle memory. Now, before I continue, I want to tell you a little bit about how I used to see the world. I used to believe women were weaker. Now, when I say weaker, I don't mean in the context of value. I'm talking physically. I believe that by default, men were stronger physical beings than our female counterparts. I also used to believe that women were naturally more emotional, which over time I've realized just isn't true. I don't believe there's any real way to quantify which gender is more emotional. We are fundamentally different, yes, but there is no scale that could possibly accurately measure Who's more emotional? Because trust me, men can be equally as emotional. In fact, in many instances, I've seen women exude a far greater, more controlled measure of emotion. I've seen women who have experienced some of the worst atrocities find a way to still lead with love and compassion. In many instances, women hold a far greater sense of emotional intelligence I also believe this is a big part of the reason why majority of my friends are female. But that's a story for another day. Us men just place emotional equity in different things. Anyway, because of this, I approached women with a level of caution and delicacy. I wanted to care for them and cherish them, which in my opinion, although good and valuable, was creating an environment where I saw women as needing care. But the scary thing about this conversation is, in the midst of seeing women as weaker, some men choose to place value and merit in using this power imbalance to their advantage. You see, you have to understand, not all acts of non-consensual sex are violent in manner. Power in this instance isn't just limited to violent physical acts. Even something like societal power imbalances place more leniency, sympathy, and favor in the direction of men. In this same study, while most men were able to understand rudimentary understandings of what consent meant, when asked about their most recent sexual experiences, many realized they hadn't operated by the standards of what legal consent looks like, the same definition they just gave of what consent was. This isn't to say that they went out of their way to assault their partners, but that they never actually asked for permission and received confirmation from their partner. But for some of them, when they realized they hadn't operated within the exact definition of consent they had just given, instead of admitting fault, they opted to expand or redefine what consent meant to them in that moment. You see, 
Men have gotten away with blatant acts of sexual misconduct on some of the biggest public stages. This scares me mostly because I hope and intend on having children in the future. There's a high possibility that I'll have daughters to which I intend on raising correctly. However, I have to defend them from a world of poorly raised and educated men who they have to go into the world and face. It'll get even harder as they grow and find their own independence. This is another big reason why as men, it's our responsibility to change the narrative around social issues such as this. We have to educate the men and boys out there so they can grow into righteous men who will go on to raise righteous boys, the same boys who our daughters could potentially date and build a life with. Now, I know many of you listening are already saying, well, this is all well and good, Arnold, but assault happens to men too, you know. You see, this is very true, and I certainly don't deny this. In fact, it happens more frequently than most people really know, but it's rarely spoken about because of the stigma and shame around being publicly known or considered to be a sexual assault survivor as a man. As a society, this is driven by toxic masculinity and the perpetuation of a stereotype surrounding male sexuality. You see, I created this episode to address the concept of consent, which is applicable to both men and women. However, I am a man and it is my responsibility not just to encourage positive change, but to educate and inform my gender of how we can create safer environments for our communities. However we look at it, consent is a vital and necessary component in any enjoyable sexual experience. And it's our responsibility to be upstanding citizens who value truth, honesty, and strive to create environments that cultivate safety and protection for all. So for the men who are actually salvageable, let's really understand what consent looks like. In my opinion, and based on where I am in my personal and social growth, consent to me isn't just no means no. A yes under force or duress means no. No midway through the act means no. A drunk yes means no. Performing any act without asking just because they're enjoying the experience so far is not consent. Any kind of expression, a muffled yes or action that implies this may not be what they want is a no. (sighs) Fellas, I want you to understand something. It is already a really tough world for many women. By far, it is historically the best time to be born a woman, yes, but that doesn't mean many women don't move and operate with caution. I mean, think about it. Do you ever have to message your friend your location when going on a date with someone new as a just-in-case measure? Do you ever have to carry your keys between your fingers while you walk to your car at night like it's some sort of dagger just in case someone is following you back to your car? Can you go to a club or a house party and get blind drunk and not have to worry about where or how you sleep? Do you ever have to de-escalate a situation in fear of this person who is in most cases bigger and stronger than you, lashing out as retaliation for refusing their advances? Hell, do you ever have to fend any unwanted advances off from people? For most men, the answer to these questions is a no. Because of this, we have to lead with a level of empathy in this life, fellas. And because we are biologically stronger than most women, and because the perpetrators in most of these situations are men, It is our responsibility to create environments that are conducive of safety for women. And no, not for the purposes of manipulating them later into sex, but purely because you understand their and your standing in society. You see, a lot of the time, we don't even realize or understand the pain 
that we cause in someone's life purely by believing our entitlement to our actions. You cannot afford to be blind on this issue. The truth is there is absolutely no fun, at least not by the standards by which I define enjoyable sexual experiences. If the other person doesn't fully want to be with me, I don't want the shame and guilt of knowing I caused the woman any kind of pain or grief because of my actions. I also don't want to risk my future or the future of my family of actions and urges that I have the ability to control. At the end of the day, gentlemen, there are 7 billion people in this world and more than half of them are women. Given this metric, if a woman isn't interested in you, leave her alone. Listen, don't force your ideals, your desires or actions on her if they don't serve her growth or cultivate environments where she feels safe enough to offer a clear and concise consent. Now, before I end this week's episode, I want to give you an analogy I once heard. It says that as men, we should move with the ideology that any woman we approach sees us as a potential rapist, and that it's our responsibility to alleviate and change this perception through our words and actions. Taking this approach means you approach all women with a level of respect and human decency. It levels the playing field and protects your image in the eyes of the woman. It also means that if a woman respectfully declines your advances, you wouldn't want to do anything else to further validate her negative initial perception of you. Now, granted, most people will decline your advances respectfully and naturally won't perceive you to be a rapist upon initial contact. But you can see what this approach does for how you initially talk and approach women. To add to this, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Most women appreciate a man who can approach them respectfully, engage in some intellectual yet playful conversation, and handle them with grace and maturity. And even if all you want to do is sleep with her, you stand a far higher chance approaching her this way than in any other manner. I'm not saying give up on your masculinity, no. I think there's a fine balancing act between leading a woman and being forceful. Leading requires grace and chivalry. Forcing her takes little to zero consideration for her desires. But most importantly, gentlemen, when in doubt, ask her if she's okay with proceeding. If there's any hesitation, any sign of reluctance, affirm to her that you can both stop right now and that she shouldn't feel forced into doing anything she's uncomfortable with. In a nutshell, gentlemen, be gentlemen. It's in our title. Ah, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, yet another episode wrapped up of the Against the Grain podcast. Now, I know today's episode was a heavy one. It was also a really long episode, probably longer than some of the other episodes I've ever put out. But I saw so much value in having a very honest and open conversation about something that is so essential in our society, the understanding of consent, understanding that without active, mutual, ethical consent, human interaction becomes void. So I felt it necessary to have this conversation and I hope that in the process of listening to this episode that it touched and informed you and educated you in some small way, especially the fellows who take time to listen to this episode. I want to encourage you to have these conversations with your boys, have these conversations with your fathers and other men in your life. Let's really work towards leveling the playing field for our women because like I said in this episode, it is our responsibility to ensure the safety 
of women in our lives. So I encourage you to do the same, pay it forward, pass the message forward. But most importantly, I hope that you took away and learned something from this episode. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you this time next week for yet another episode. In the meantime, take care of yourself. Thank you.